Oh, God is good, amen. <clears throat> hey, there's a, I wanna just real quick announce another group starting, but uh, encourage all of you guys to look for groups as they start launching. And we're gonna keep contending for many more. God's gonna raise up many more group leaders, hallelujah. But um, there's one that uh, Jay is launching for Frizz, Ultimate Frisbee Football. Did I say it right? And flag football. Make sure it's flag football. <laughs> yeah, who knows who would show up if we just say football? Ready to pound us into the dirt. Uh, that's what it is, okay? Flag football and ultimate frisbee. So anyway, check it out and join it. But um, we were talking about Friday night. So what Alicia and I felt led to do for a while is to, is to set aside uh, what we would call first Friday from like 7 to 8.30. I think it was almost not, well, it was 10 till we get out of here because we were talking to people. But... We just had like an hour and a half of just uh, extended time of worship. And then we st- we stopped to pray for people. And um, I want to tell you my my another testimony from uh, God. God was just moving among us. And um, raise your hand if you were here and just felt touched by the Lord. And if you, yeah, a lot of you, good. Here here's one of my favorites. And um, I don't know if some of you know Jason Ritchie. Um, if you're here at Grace Church for a while, um, he is the one who uh, sets up our prayer meetings at the front and leads our prayer ministry teams. And so he's a prayer warrior by heart and by nature, what God has given him. And uh, last Sunday, like a week ago, uh, he was riding his motorcycle and, and another car got into his lane and, and actually crushed him, crushed his leg where it was broken in three places. His femur, his kneecap is crushed and then... I think it's called tibia, shin, was also broken. And so uh, obviously he was in the Reading Hospital, but then he was in intensive care because not only was, were they trying to prep him for surgery, then his oxygen levels were not doing well. So it, was, it wasn't, so they delayed his surgery, finally got the surgery after a couple of days. And then he was in ICU, uh, you know, as they were monitoring his overall health and oxygen levels. And, um, and so of course, uh, uh, I was talking to Chad Cavanaugh, and we agreed that we should pray for him on Friday night. We've been praying for him all week, and uh, Friday night, we're going to definitely pray for him. So we all gathered. After we worshiped for a while, went into a time of prayer. You know, we incorporated him and some others who needed, who needed prayer. We were praying for healing all over the place. And so I get a call Saturday morning uh, from his wife. Um, I think her name's Deborah, right? They get that right? Still getting to know all of y'all. Uh, Deborah and she said, hey, uh, he's actually better. And then he got on the phone and it was him. He was awake suddenly. And, and so uh, the other daughter, I think her name is Emma, started tuning in. She's like, I think they were praying on Friday night. Were you guys praying for Jason? I said, we absolutely were. That's when things changed for him on Friday night. So amen. So his stats started to change, and then today they're giving him his own room. In other words, out of ICU and on his way to healing. So somebody say, more, Lord. You know, (laughs) bring back the, in the 90s, it was like a prayer we would all pray over each other. More, Lord. (laughs) I just want to see more, and I believe that we're contending for more miracles. Matter of fact, before we move on, how many know God, uh, just because this happened on Friday night, how about Sunday morning? You all okay with healing on Sunday morning? Uh, Jump to your feet if you need healing today. Let's pray for that real quick before I preach. Jump to your feet if you need healing right now. We'll pray for more. How many times should we pray for healing? Until you get healed. That's how often... (laughs) <laughs> so jump to your feet if you need healing okay those of you this is what we did friday night so i'm bringing it in a sunday sorry it's contagious and so some of you that are sitting around the people that are standing if you feel comfortable jump to your feet and lay your hand gently on their shoulder 
appropriately. Lay your hand on their back. Surround them. Lay, put your hand on their arm. Don't, if you see anybody that doesn't have somebody, look around you and just make sure that they have hands on them or you're surrounding them in a healthy way. Lay hands on them. There you go. Now, I'm going to pray a simple prayer. Jesus was really fond of simple prayers. He would say stuff like, hey, take your bed and rise up and walk. That's his prayer. So I'm going to say a simple prayer like Jesus prayed, and I'm going to speak to your body right now. Let's all say it together. I speak to this body. Be healed in Jesus' name. Let's do it one more time. I speak to this person's body. I say be healed in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen and yes. Yes, Lord. Thank you for your participation. You're an amazing, amazing church. I can feel the love and passion that you have for each other when you see somebody that's in need or just suffering in some way and you jump to it and you believe that God can meet them where they are. Amen. Did you know love is one of, is one of the most powerful weapons out there that Jesus has given you, right? And when we minister in love, it increases the power. All right, all right, all right. That's another sermon for another day. <clears throat> Somebody say, in love. In love. Well, hey, we're going to wrap up our series called um, Pray, Praise, and Prophecy. Um, and, and, in, and then in the month of, so we're gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about prophecy today. Is that okay? So just a little bit. Actually, my notes were short for this week, and now I know why. I was like, hmm, I might be done in a couple minutes. It's felt like I should add more, but now I know why. <laughs> Isn't God good? But I, we're go in the month of September, we're, uh, Pastor Ray and myself are just going to preach a few what, what we call standalone messages about a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Not necessarily a series, but we're heading into a new series that we're planning for October. And the focus for October then will be outreach. And we're going to use the, the phrase 116. Uh, maybe we'll use Romans 116, but it's going to be called 116 hours. I'll spare you the math until later, but you have about 116 hours in a week that you're not sleeping and that you're not here at Grace Church, <laughs> approximately, okay? And then it's like saying, what are we doing and how are we contending for the kingdom of God in our waking hours? Does that make sense? Where you work, in your home, and every place. And so that's the series that we're going to talk about in October. Um, from this place to every place, you know, there's phrases that go along with that, of course. But tonight, uh, today, yeah, tonight, today, maybe I'll be here tonight. You never know how long you'll stay. But today we're going to talk about uh, the prophetic anointing that I believe uh, belongs to every child of God. And you know, I'm not a prophet. Please don't say no. No, maybe not. But you have a prophetic anointing. And I want to, I want to, I want to prophesy over you if, uh, that, that you are created to hear God and to know his will for your life. You're created with the ability to know things, listen, by supernatural means alone that belong to you. And as a child of God, you're supposed to hear voices in your head, <laughs> a voice in your head. His name is Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, who lives within you and that he is able then to share things with you that you otherwise would not know. That's what makes Christians a little strange compared to the culture. You're, you're, you are who you are, but then, then people go, how do you know that? Why do you believe that? Because God told me. Number one, in his word, and then also he gets really practical. Where to go to college, who to marry, who to pray for, you know, what car to buy, and the list is endless. So you can't open up your Bible and look for all of those things. There's principles in the Bible for every situation. Come on, somebody. 
But specifically, the Holy Spirit tells you where to go and what to do and what to say. And that belongs to every person who says Jesus Christ is Lord. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you. And I've said this recently in Romans 4.17 in the Living Bible. It's one of my favorite. I think I preached it recently. I'm going to say it again. This promise is from God himself who makes the dead live again and speaks of future events with as much certainty as though they were already past. That is his nature. And so we're promised this in Acts 2.17 and it shall come to pass in the last days says God. It's from, the, um, it's from Old Testament prophecies as well. That I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. I, I'm okay if that's interpreted differently and eclectically. Your sons and your daughters, old and young, will have visions and dreams. Is that okay? <laughs> Is that an okay translation? I mean, it's not just old men will do this and young men will do that. No, what it's really trying to say is everybody that's alive on the face of the earth, when this happens, is called into something, the new move of God, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, and you're going to have dreams and you're going to see visions and you will prophesy. Male, female, young and old. Amen, somebody? Uh, one of my favorite moments was at the end of Friday night. I know we're talking about it a lot today, but we're just lit. We're just lit because of Friday night. We got filled with the Holy Spirit again, all of us. And, and my favorite moment was at the end when the children just, uh, and, and I think Jay led it, if I'm not mistaken, Jay brought up his kids first, and his kids were just running around and dancing, and we sang the praise song at the end. And then three, four families brought their kids up here, and we're just dancing. And something happened in the spirit of this place, I'm telling you, where we say the young don't have a junior Holy Spirit. They have the same Holy Spirit, and they are just as anointed as you and I to pray and to worship and to prophesy. And as they were dancing before the Lord, I just got just a beautiful sense of the Father's heart where I felt myself like a kid in a candy store. I felt like I was 10 years old again, just running into the Father's heart, running into his lap and saying, I love you, God. And he's saying, I love you back. And it just, anyway, it just felt alive. But, um, I'm saying that to say that you're not too old and you're not too young to discount what God is doing in this place and in, in the lives of, of his people. Amen, somebody? <clears throat> so let's, let, let's learn to live prophetically. It means that we learn to walk in what's called spiritual hearing, spiritual seeing, and I like to call it spiritual sensing. Some people like to use the word knowing. There's spiritual knowing. So as we grow in our ability to see uh, what, what God sees or to see Maybe it's like this, to see from his divine perspective. Um, Pastor Barry Whistler, who was the founder of Effort of Community Church, where Alicia and I attended for 10 years, way, way back when, um, he, he likes to say it this way, prophecy is the art of repeating God. Maybe we learn to hear God, and then we learn to say what he's saying instead of what I would stink and say. Because when I want to say what I want to say, it usually isn't 100%. Right, And when we learn to repeat what God is saying and it lines up with his word, then we're actually declaring things into our life that's just 100% legit. Where when, I, when I try to reason, come on, with my own wisdom and understanding, you know, stinking thinking comes in pretty quick. And I go, well, I think maybe this is right. And I think maybe that is right. No, and I want to be a God repeater. Come on, somebody. How about you? So... How many of you, when you're like reading a book and, and you start off with a couple pages, I, I've done this so many times. I'm like, I'm going to jump to the last chapter and see how it ends. <laughs> You've done that? I've done that because I can get quickly bored. Maybe I have ADD. I don't know. I'm not declaring that over myself. But I'm like, huh, can you just tell me what's going to happen? 
right? And so sometimes I'll switch the yen and say, does this end well? Is it even worth me? I, I am so annoyed with movies that are, you know, up and down and roller coaster drama, and then they end horribly. What a waste of two hours. You know, somebody in Hollywood needs to be fired, right? It's just terrible. So sometimes I'm like, how does this end? Or I'll sneak peek and, 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 and read the movie, movie reviews to see if it ends well, if it's worth well, and, and so And so what I want to declare today is that if you're alive and if you're still breathing, which I assume you are if you're here, nobody carries you in here, come on somebody, that means that, there, that the end has not happened yet and that there's more chapters being written and you cannot declare the end of the story except by God's divine presence showing you right by the Holy Spirit because you are not living the end chapter. Why? Because you're still here. You're still alive. You're still breathing. There's more work to be done. And so if you're in something and you're experiencing something that you're saying, this can't be God. I don't want to, do not despair because the chapters are still being written and the end chapter is still being defined. And then God is inviting you into what I would call a prophetic anointing where you get to dream with him, discuss some things with him, and then start to use what I would call to your, your sanctified imagination to, to in prayer and in scripture to say, what does the next chapter look like, God? Because God has good things planned for you and I. You will see the goodness of God in the land of the living, and you are not stuck if you're in God. You are here now, as, as so many people come on and say, I'm just a realist. I just call it as it is. And I used to say that. I'm a realist. I don't like when people pick up the carpet and shove stuff under the carpet and pretend it doesn't exist. That's actually not the faith movement. The faith movement says this. I see what is. I very clearly see that I am sick or I am injured. But what I clearly see is where God will take me from here. That is, what, that is what faith will do. Faith is not living in denial. Faith is saying, I can see what is. I'm not stupid. I'm not naive. I can see that my checkbook says $100. But I can also imagine with God what it would look like if I add a couple zeros. And I'm in front of me and I say, come on, God, what are we going to do? Where's a miracle working God? And I can dream with God and say, God has good intentions for my life. And what does that look like? Amen, somebody? So there's two main concepts I want to share today. And then I'll get off the stage. <clears throat> they are this. There's always more for you to see. There's always more for you to see that you don't currently see. And then the next concept is this. You're called to declare the end result. Somebody say the end result. So let's start with what there's more for you to see. And I'm going to paraphrase this story in the Old Testament because it's just uh, way too long uh, for the sake of time. <clears throat> the king of Syria was making war against Israel, but discovered that someone was always warning the king of Israel in advance. Second, this is from 2 Kings 6. One of his servants told the evil king it was the prophet Elijah. Because he would actually see what the evil king was, was planning to do. And then he would tell the Israeli king. Wasn't that amazing? So they decided to go after him and take him out. So the Syrian king was like, we've got to take out the prophet, the one who sees things in advance, so that we can get to Israel, right? Because he's always warning them. We've got to kill him so he, uh, people stop hearing from God and messing up these plans. And so I'm going to pick up the story in 2 Kings. Uh, 14, uh, 6, 14. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of, the, of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And the, this is the servant of Elisha. He said, Master, what are we going to do? So he answered, Elisha answered, do not fear, 
for those who are with us are more, somebody say more, more than those who are with them. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes, that's the eyes of the servant, that he might see something that's there and then something that isn't there, but it is, but he can't see it. Come on, somebody. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha and his servant. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord. He said, strike these people, I pray, with blindness. And the Lord did that. He struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Let me just paraphrase the rest of it. It's, 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 a, it's a long read, but it's a really fun read. So the story finishes with Elisha and his servants deceiving the Syrian army. And in and, and deceiving them, they led them to another city altogether and said, you don't belong here, you belong over there. And they led them right into captivity, basically, right into the enemy's camp where they were surrounded by, by, a, uh, by, by the army of Israel. And then they prayed for the Lord to open the eyes of this invading army and they realized they had been completely overtaken by the Lord and by the prophet Elijah and by the armies of Israel because then they were surrounded. And you know what they did? They fed them all a meal and dismissed them to go home. It's an amazing story. It's like, you could have just killed them all. There's a lot of other Old Testament stories, you know, that wiped them all out. But no, there was, there's something in God's heart that said, give them all a meal and send them home. But I love how it ends. So the bands of Syrian raiders came no more into the land of Israel. They gave up after that. They said, oh, these people see way more than I do. And something's going on here that is supernatural, and we're not going to contend with that anymore. Come on, somebody. If you involve God in your story, there's always more to see than what you see. There's more going on than what you see in the natural realm. Does that make sense? Uh, when Alicia and I wanted to buy a house, I think this was in the year 2006. We were living in the Ephrata area. <clears throat> we decided to buy this house up in Lebanon. And um, there, was, there was so much supernatural things associated with the purchase of that house because we would do a search and this one house would always pop up. Sometimes it's at the beginning and it always stood out. It's always on the first page. And we do another search, kind of a, a circle all around where we were. I knew where I was working, knew where we were called. And it included sort of parts of Lebanon as we we're doing this circle, right? And this house would always pop up. We, oh man, we went on a house search and we went to so many homes. Come on, that was exhausting, honestly. You know, this touring homes, is, is this the one, Lord? Is this the one, Lord? And we stopped and prayed. I remember we stopped and prayed and said, Lord, show us. We're tired of looking at homes. Show us where we belong. And we did another search and this house was given. It was right at the top of the search. And, 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 and so we went to see it. And we felt something supernatural. The house was dilapidated because it had stood empty for a while and, and it was a bank-owned house. Even though it was a beautiful two-story house where we still live right now, um, it needed like a cosmetic overhaul. Really great house, needed a whole... And I looked at it and I said, oh, dear God, help us. That's what I said, right? And Alicia said, this is our house. <laughs> and I said, oh, God, what are you doing? We just spent... We just spent the next couple of years just completely cosmetically over. But there was such a grace on us, and we knew where we belonged, but we honestly weren't honestly sure why. It's just something about it felt supernatural. We were driving away from the last time looking at the house. There was a man standing beside the road walking, and we both looked at this old man at the same time because we're driving away from looking at this house, and he waved at us like this. And we're like, and I looked at her because I thought, well, I don't know him. She must know him. And she looked at me saying, do you know him? Uh, no. Well, he, he, and I looked in my rearview mirror and there was nobody there. 
I glanced back thinking, well, who's this dude, right? And, and a, feeling, a feeling came over us like entertaining angels unawares. Like, was it? I don't know. I don't know what it was, but something. It wasn't but a year later living in that house where my boss, I was, I was a production manager at the time, said, hey, we have a plant that's out on the other side of Lebanon, out in sort of middle of, of Pennsylvania. We would like you to oversee that plant as well because they were oversee- I was overseeing a plant in Ephrata. Guess what? I was perfectly situated between both plants. I would drive that way to the one plant in Ephrata and drive the other way to Mifflin Town to the other plant. And I was the closest one to those plants. Get, and, and so we're like, okay, Lord, you brought us here for some of these reasons why there's supernatural things. And, and it wasn't like a few years later, uh, a few years later, quite a, quite a bit later, you know, there was a church being launched called Lifeway Church. And I looked on the map and I said, where are they thinking of going? Well, they, they, they had launched in the theater, which is less than like two blocks from our house. And so we looked at each other again, and it's like, we know why we're here. We know. We're, and so anyway, we joined Lifeway Church, and the rest is history. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Lifeway Church. Does that make sense? Because that's where I launched my pastoral ministry. Does that make sense? So, so there was, there's supernatural things. And so there's always more to see than what you actually see with your natural eyes when you involve God in your story. And that's why I'm trying to, to, to tell that. A prophetic generation knows more than just what is. And it activates faith. In Hebrews eleven six. it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. God sees, let me, let me just share this with you. God sees from the beginning to the end and all possibilities in between. The God that's living in you sees what can be and what should be and not just what is. The God that's living inside you and me sees possibility in every situation. The word hopelessness is not in his vocabulary. Can I get a good Amen. The God that's living in you and me sees completed works, redeemed circumstances, and he can see final results. I want to read Hebrews 11 to you, 1 to 3 and then 6 to 7 from the Passion Translation. I just like it sometimes because it's a little more broad, a little more poetic, and they use words to sometimes translate that actually gives you a more full meaning. Um, It reads this, now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things that we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see what the universe was created and to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Jumping to six, and without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. Can I get another amen? Amen. I'm asking you a question today. Where in your life do you need to see deeper, look a little deeper, look with what I would call spiritual eyes of faith, hear what God is saying beyond that which you can only see with your natural eyes? Where are you limiting yourself because you feel stuck? with only your natural senses. You're too much of a realist. Can we, go, can we get into a place where I am a realist, but what God says is also real? Yeah. Amen, somebody. The concept number two is this. You're called to declare the end result. What I mean by that is, is to contend with God and hear God and spend time with him until you know something that is beyond your current situation, and then you start declaring the end result. What does it look like? Well, Jesus did this a few times, and come on, somebody, do we follow Jesus or not, <laughs> right? And, and he, did it, he did it this way. Um, 
He spoke about end results more than he spoke about the here and now. In Hebrews 12, he says, look into Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Meaning he saw beyond the cross before he went to the cross. Does that make sense? This is what he, this is what he said multiple times. He said, cross, there'll be death, and then there'll be resurrection. He told his disciples at least three times, cross, death, but after three days, I'm gonna rise again. And it seems like they didn't believe it until they saw it. And even when they saw it, it was hard for them to believe. One, one example of that is in Mark 9, 31. The Son of Man is gonna be delivered into the hands of men and they're gonna kill him. And when he is killed after three days, he will rise again. He's talking about himself, right? And, and basically he's declaring the end result before it actually happens. And that's how he lived. He could see beyond just the here and the now. And the disciples Sometimes like you and me, we're just going, all I can see is what's in front of me. All I can see is just the now. And all I see is the Roman government. Um, and all I, all I want is for them to be displaced. I can't see a higher calling. I can't see beyond the, you know, the crucifixion. When he died, he died. And come on, the disciples went into depression. They, they went into like hiding. They went into like a mode of like, I don't, I don't understand this. Even though he prophesied to them the end result before it actually happened, all they would have had to do is say, just wait three days, guys. Come on, let's just wait three days. But no, they were like stunned then when he was, <laughs> when he was risen from the dead. And of course, of course if uh, someone would walk through your door supernaturally and just appear, I'd be stunned as well. But he did that to his disciples. <clears throat> He's like, whoo, <laughs> nothing spooky about that. Come on. <laughs> but didn't Abraham do this as well? Um, he, he lived this way, Father Abraham, come on. He said, did you ever, did you ever uh, read that story where uh, God said to him, God was testing him, it says, and he said, um, even though I called you a father of many nations and you're gonna be, you're gonna be the father of, uh, you know, he said, look at the stars, that, that's how many your descendants will be. And then he says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, and sacrifice him. By the way, sacrifice was very common in those days. There were so many gods that they were serving that sacrificing humans wasn't a surprise to them. Does that make sense? Abraham was coming out of that and saying, I want to follow the one true God. But sacrificing wasn't, wasn't new. It's, it's weird to us, but it's not new to them. But here's the thing. Abraham had faith in God because listen to this. And, and Pastor Ray pointed out this part of the story. I remember the story in Hebrews, but Pastor Ray pointed this out too. He says, then Abraham said to his young men, as he's taken Isaac up to be sacrificed, he said, he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Other translations say, we will return to you. We're going to go. I'm going to sacrifice my only son. He didn't say, we're going to worship. And we, me and my son, are going to come back. And I'm like, oh my God, he actually, it actually does say that. And certain translations bring it out more than others. But I remembered this one in Hebrews where it talks about, this is what was handed down from generation to generation and ended up in the book of Hebrews talking about Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac and he, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Abraham considered that God was able to even raise him from the dead. Figuratively speaking, he did receive him back, right? He said, instead of killing your son, here's a ram for the sacrifice. But he declared the end result before it actually happened. 
And so are we called to do that. One of my favorite stories is in a book called um, David Young. Uh, it's called The Fourth Dimension, written by David Young Yi Cho. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the, the church in South Korea, not North Korea, South Korea is one of the biggest churches on, on the earth. Uh, I think it still is. It was Paul Young Yi Cho, his dad now. It's David Young Yi Cho who leads that massive, massive church in South, South Korea. He wrote a book called Fourth Dimension. It's about prayer. It's about looking with eyes of faith. And it's one of the best. I, I think I read it three times, and I'm probably just going to read it again because there's something there that I really need. But one of the stories goes like this. People came to Pastor Cho and said, I would like you to pray for my daughter. She's been led astray. She's been living the, a life of a prostitute, drugs, and you name it, the party lifestyle for a few years. She used to be a Christian. She used to come with us to church. Now she doesn't. And we're just devastated. Um, telling, the, telling the pastor their, their sad story. Can you pray for us, Pastor? And Pastor Cho said, absolutely, I will pray for you. But first, before we pray, we have to have a discussion. Of course, the parents are like, what do you mean have a discussion? I just told you all that was wrong. Like, no, no, no. We have, a have, we have to sit and have to have a discussion with each other and before God what could be and what, what, what your daughter would look like if she were to get saved again. And so they had a discussion you know, the daughter had a beautiful voice, and when she would worship, she used to dance before the Lord and twirl and dance with her arms raised, and the parents had to reimagine that again to say, if, I, if our daughter came back to the Lord, this is what she might worship, and this is what she might look like. How did she used to dress? And she used to, she used to own beautiful dresses. Now her apparel is more, you know, look more like a prostitute. And she used to wear such beautiful dresses when she went out, and she had all these, you know, uh, South Korean clothing that was so gorgeous, so beautiful. And so after they discuss for a while what their daughter could look like in the future, Pastor Cho said, now we're ready to pray, mom and dad. Amen. Then they prayed with faith. Do you see the difference? Now when you're praying, you're not praying fear-based prayers. You're praying faith-based prayers. Now you're praying prophetic prayers because you imagined with God and you, and you discussed it with God long enough to get his heart. I'm not just saying you pick something out of the air and pray it. I'm saying you get God's heart for the situation. Do you hear that part? And, and we you know God's heart was for the situation. A couple weeks later, to finish that story, a couple weeks later, this girl knocked at their door and said, Mom and Dad, can I come home? And this is a true story. And, and to this day, as the book was written uh, years ago, but to that day when the book was written, that daughter had come back to the Lord, fully restored, and she was leading one of their house churches over there in South, South Korea because they have many, many house churches as well. And isn't that amazing? Do you see what I mean by you can see the end result that God desires beyond just what is and then start to live prophetically? There's always more for you to see with your spiritual senses, and you're called to declare the end result beyond what just is. Can I get a good amen? amen. Would you all stand with me today? You guys are such an amazing group of people. Alicia and I have just so fallen in love with you <clears throat> and uh, just love to see what God is doing in your midst. If you're here this morning and you're saying, I don't know this God that you're preaching about, Pastor Vern. I really haven't discovered him, and I certainly haven't declared him as my Lord. If you would like to do so, we would like to pray with you for that and get you jump-started into your faith journey. And it's as simple as saying, that is me. And, and what we like to do here is just to, if you, if you raise your hand, we would together pray with you. We pause for one moment to give you an opportunity. If you're here to, to say, I would like to start that journey with Jesus Christ, I don't know if I know him for sure. 
but I like the idea. I want to declare him as Lord. If that's you online, if you would type it in if you're with us today. Anybody? 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 Good, good. Okay. I want to do one more thing. If you're here today and you're saying, I would like to then live prophetically. I would like to live with eyes that are supernatural and with a supernatural hearing so that I can see beyond just what is in front of me and to see possibilities in God. If that's you here today and you're like, I would like to be that way, would you raise your hand? Amen. Can I pray over you? Lord, I declare over my brothers and sisters, eyes of faith that faith would increase in Jesus' mighty name, that prophetic anointing would rest because it's the Holy Spirit living within us that brings it and that you would help us to see beyond just what is. You would help us declare the end result and to believe with you for all the good intentions that you have. Lord, there's none of my brothers and sisters that are actually stuck because they're in you. They're not stuck in what is because the final chapters are not yet written. Lord, would you beautifully craft more chapters in our story and take us on from here. And all God's people said... Amen and amen and amen. Hey, I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening today. And thanks for allowing, thanks for allowing just a few extra things to happen during worship because God, when God moves, we just want to move with him. Is that okay? And we'll contend for what he wants to do in this place. I, I just predict and I prophesy many more healings, many more testimonies of God's goodness, many more moments of just feeling set free from whatever it is in Jesus' name. There's nothing too big for God to do in this place. But if you were here and you, want, you, you did get saved, I want to know we have a book for you. Would you stop by the next step station and do that? I also want you to know that we have prayer teams that are going to stay around after the, this last song and pray with you and contend for whatever God is doing in your life and lay hands on you again if you need it. And it could have to do with this, what I just preached, or anything else. Amen. You good, Nate? All right, let's worship God one more time and we'll talk again soon. Blessings.